Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's 105. Hour number two of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer in studio. Back from... A 48-hour round trip to Buffalo for the NHL Scouting Combine. It's been a whirlwind offseason for the Edmonton Oilers. About three weeks ago, Ken Holland named GM. Last uh, Tuesday, the Oilers made it official with Dave Tippett. Maybe it was the worst-kept secret in hockey. Uh, and uh, We had the press conference that day. Dave was kind enough to give us six or seven minutes of his time just prior to the start of Oilers now as we had extended coverage that day here on 6.30. Chad, and in 28 seconds' time, we'll get a, a longer uh, opportunity to spend some time with the Oilers' new head coach. Second hour of Oilers Now is brought to you by Digitex, Alberta owned and operated. Buy or lease your next office network printer from uh, the Digitex.ca e-commerce store. No need to spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Your all-in-one convenient location, Digitex.ca. Digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology, software, IT, and supplies. You can text us on our Heartland Ford text line. We'll get to some more texts coming up at the this time, though, straight off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, and we are joined by the new head coach of the uh, Edmonton Oilers, Dave Tippett. Dave, it's Bob. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing today? We're doing pretty good. Uh, back in town after being in Buffalo for a couple days. Um, I guess the opening, I mean, you made some moves uh, Friday uh, with the coaching staff. And you and I guess that's a byproduct of wanting to move quickly and letting guys know they stand where they stand. But how have you uh, you know how have you thought the first few days have gone as uh, as Oilers head coach? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a bit of a whirlwind trying to uh, you know jump in there and get things going there and kind of close things out with the Seattle group. So uh, a bit of a whirlwind that way. But uh, you're right, the assistant coach stuff. Um, you know, Ken and I had a couple of good talks about that, and uh, we wanted to move as quick as we could on that, just to make sure that any changes we're going to make, you want to make sure the people uh, being let go were, uh, would have the ample opportunity. Uh, you know, both the, the two guys, both real good coaches. I just uh, felt like there's, there's, I'd like to bring in a couple of guys that I'm familiar with, and uh, um, so you know, we're going to we're going to do some more talking, Ken and I, this afternoon about different scenarios that we're looking at um, but real good coaches just decided that you know I think the, the start of this season is going to be imperative for our team and I'd like to see you know I don't want to have a like a feeling out process I want to make sure we're up and going right from the start and just uh, to get new people in here as quick as we can would be a uh, beneficial to our group, I think. All right, so uh, Trent Yanni, who coached the defense in the PK, uh, Manny Viverosa is really kind of like the, the, the third assistant with this group, and uh, so we'll mm-hmm. see where they resurface around the league, because uh, I think there's going to be opportunities for both, and that's the point you're making. You give them as much time yeah, as possible yeah. to make that happen. You did decide yeah. uh, to uh, to keep Glenn Gullitson aboard. I'm a big believer in some continuity, uh, continuity. so just uh, give me a thought on your experiences with Gullitson over the years. 
Well, I've known uh, Gully since uh, uh, the Dallas days. He was just coming into the organization at uh, you know, the end of my tenure there. And, uh, you know, smart hockey guy. Did a lot of talking to people around the organization outside. Uh, got a real feel for Gully. Gully was the main driver behind the power play last year. And if you look at the, that's one of the real positive spots of, of Edmonton. There's always room for upside, but he... Uh, he was uh, the driver behind that. I talked to uh, a couple of players that were uh, very much in his corner with the work he did with the power play. So just felt like with the, I was comfortable with him knowing him before and the work that he's done and the fact, just like you mentioned, Bob, that a little bit of continuity to have some insight on players coming back, was uh, it was real beneficial to keep Gully. Um, and so that was, that was the reasoning behind that. But I, I've known Gully a while. I know talking to him the last couple of days he's excited to stay excited to keep moving this thing forward and a uh, real good young coach real he's got some good ideas that uh, i look forward to working with him uh is the re- has the relationship end of things has it never been more important than today just given how i mean dave you're your you're parent you know and uh just just in terms of how people deal with with kids today maybe differently like I'm, I'm a little bit younger than you but not much younger than you and I kind of learned a little bit differently and it was often with negative reinforcement and <laughs> I, you know where I'm going with this right yeah yeah no it's it's uh, the evolution of the game and it's everything from teaching to accountability discipline all those things you have to continue to evolve with the game um, you know I think it's important I, I look at you know, just the, the the coaching staff has to be on the same page. You have to have continuity there, and everybody on the same page. But the the game has evolved. Players are smart. They want to know. You know, when you when you have a plan in place, whether it be on the ice, off the ice. I mean, players want to know why. They want to know. You know, like is it best uh, for winning? And when you when you put all those things together, you got to explain yourself. You got to make sure the communication factors and in place and uh, and build a, a real team atmosphere of team of trust and respect for each other. I think that's the best way to get it done. Some of that uh, you can move from generation to generation, and maybe the way you present it might be a little different, but the same principles are still in place. All right, I have a question that I use. I've asked. I think and. You know, this is, uh, I'm going to be going uh, in a year 12 of uh, doing color and uh, between uh, the old show and the old station and then the shows I've had, well, there's been two on this one. Uh, we're at, uh, you know, I'm at 18 years hosting, you know, some form of a, of a sports show. And one of the things, and maybe it's too simple, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it. I've asked every coach this over the last uh, 10 or 11 years. Do you coach to score the next goal? Or do you coach to stop the next goal from being scored? Or is that too simple of a question? It's very simple, simplistic, and there's there's the actual fact is that if you defend well, your opportunities to score increase as as your as you get down because you have one team that's really taking chances. And if your team is set up where you want to make sure you take advantage of every mistake or opportunity they give you, that's the best way to go about it. Safe is dead. If you're just going to play back and let them keep coming at you, you're going to get scored on eventually. And, Bob, you know how I feel about defending defending less or defending more. Right. <laughs> that's, 
I would rather the best offense is to play, or the best defense is to play offense, and that's a situation where you can exploit teams because they do it. I mean, they're trying to open up to win the game. If you can exploit that on them, the chances of you winning increase. Now, that being said, you just don't, you know, you do things at certain times of the game that are smart that allow you to, to win games, but you always look to attack. Safe is dead. I think John Tortorella had that saying a long time ago. Safe is dead. You don't what? want to play safe all the time. You end up playing in your, your own end all the time. I, I know you were in a, you know, helping Seattle out over the last couple of years, but you would have seen a lot of different teams play as opposed to the previous, you know, 15, 16 years where you're coaching in the NHL. Yeah. And where I'm going with this is I think the, you know, we know the Oilers have to give up fewer goals. The team has been crappy on the power or on the penalty kill since about November of 2016. So it's been two and a half seasons yeah. where the penalty kill has yeah. basically been 25th or worst in the league. Um, you had a chance to see a lot of different teams. Are there, is it too simple to say, get a goalie that stops the puck, you'll have a good penalty killing? Uh, good penalty kill? like, are, are, are there reoccurring themes to teams that have successful PKs, Dave? Uh, there is. There's, there's a couple factors, but the biggest factor still comes back to the goaltender. Your goaltender has to be your best penalty killer. And you, I, you could pull all 31 coaches in the league, and they would say the exact same thing. You know, so you, you have to have a, a, a goaltender with the ability to, to uh, weather that storm. Now, that being said, there's little things that you do within your penalty kill unit that are uh, kind of prerequisites of having a good penalty kill. Stuff like face-offs, stuff like clears, um, you know, boxing out, pressure at the right time, pressure up the ice. There's little different details that come into your penalty kill that how well you do each of those usually ends up in the percentage and and then it comes down to personnel i mean you have personnel that you think can get those little jobs done or whether it be pressure or there's there's players that are good role players players that are more than willing to block a shot or or um you know those hard battles in front of the net where you're boxing people out that are not easy to do the the ability to play a real fierce game in front of your net those are things that come into play and you start putting all those little pieces together and usually you can come up with a with a decent penalty kill so that's an area of a concern for us it's uh you know one that has to improve and hopefully we can get that to improve we're joined by oilers head coach dave tippett bob Stoffer with you in oilers now Dave, uh, the Oilers used Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl often as a tandem on maybe not the first penalty killing unit, maybe even not the second, sometimes on the third against the second power play unit. Have you thought that far ahead? Would you like to continue down that path? A little bit. I, I, don't, I wouldn't mind those two guys coming out the bottom end. It all depends on game situations and you know, depends a little bit on the other personnel that you have. You know, if you've got people that are really filling those roles underneath, I would rather see uh, McDavid and Drysaddle use their use their time at five on five power play and maybe coming out of a power out of a power play. But it uh, sometimes the situation dictates it. You're uh, you're down a goal, five minutes to go, and you think you can get a shift out of those guys where you might be able to break something, even though you're on the penalty kill. Those are those are situations you have to look at, but. They're both very capable of, uh, of penalty killing, but uh, like in Connor, when we had him, uh, when I had him at the North American team, we didn't use him a lot on the penalty kill because we had real adequate penalty killers under that. So it'll depend on uh, depend on where we are with personnel, but 
both are both you know if you look at them they both did a pretty good job in the pk last year and i know if i'm a defenseman on the on the power play and there's a bouncing puck coming and i'm going to cheat to keep it in or watch mcdavid blow by me that uh, there's a factor that comes into play there also that you, you can scare teams a little bit with the use of those guys even though it is the pk you absolutely owned the Oilers in your days with Dallas and even with Arizona head-to-head. But I'm going to ask you a question back to the World Cup team. You're part of that coaching staff with uh, Todd McClellan. Did you develop more of an appreciation for Ryan Nugent Hopkins? Because it seemed like as the tournament went on, he got more minutes. Very much so. And you know why? I was uh, I was in charge of the penalty kill there. And our penalty killer, you know, we were, I don't think we got scored on the whole tournament. And uh, Nuge was one of those guys that we had pegged as uh, as a key penalty killer for us, and and just exactly what you just said, Bob, is exactly what happened. And when you don't watch a team, like you you play against them, you don't get a real feel for them. But when you're when you're a coach and you're you know doing video and going through your your lineup like they're your own players, there's players that stick out at you. And uh, and Nuge is a guy that he just does a lot of little things right. You know. From a perspective you like players like that you look down the bench and you know that this is a guy you can rely on so he's um, he's a way better player than I than I knew before I had him in, in uh, the, the World Cup and I'm looking forward to working with him because he's, he's one of those players that he just does a lot of little things right uh, Dave Tippett joining us, Oilers head coach Bob Stauffer with you on Oilers now Dave, so you and Ken come in uh, as GM head coach combo is it a fresh start for everybody? I mean, you know, there was there were some tough miles for yes, Paul Yarvey here over the course. You know, he had some traction, Dave, in his second year. First, uh, probably I don't know, twenty two games. I think he might have had eight or nine goals, and then he just went it went sideways for him a bit. Uh, Milan Lucic has scored seven goals in the last one hundred games for the hockey club. How how important is it to with with the group for the new regime to come in? And say, look, it's it's fresh strokes here in terms of uh, you know if you're going to repaint it. I think that's part of a new, a new regime coming in. You you open up opportunities again, and players would look at that, and coaches look at that. I I don't want to go in and have preconceived conceptions about players. I'd like to go in and form my own opinions. So as we go on here, I'm going to uh, I'll touch base with all these guys and just see where everything fits. But I've um, you know I've, I've done quite a bit of research and watching video of players without anybody else's commentary on them, more about what I'm seeing and what I'd like to uh, see them accomplish. And, and some of it is, you know, player role, some of it is skill level. There's a lot of different things you look at, but I look at everybody as a clear slate and I'm looking forward to working with everybody and hopefully we can form the group best that, uh, you know, the best group that allows us a chance to win. You addressed the issue a bit at the press conference, and I'm, I'm circling back kind of the, the next goal four versus stopping the next one from being scored. But it really, for a, co- a coach, you got to work with what you got, right? That's kind of, you can't sit there and, and you know, pound a, uh, you know, a, a, a square into a, a hole. You got to kind of yeah. take a look at what you got and, and build off that. Well, I've talked about it at the press conference. You know, you have to maximize all your talent. And every player is different. I mean, you got different, different attributes, different talents of each player. But to maximize each of those, is should be your first goal, and then mold them together where they fit best with other with other players. I'll go back. Remember my my first uh, um, year in Arizona. 
we got on there. We had a young Marty Hansel, and we had Rabata, and we had a young player named Pruka. And uh, nobody thought Pruka was going to play on our team. But we were going in there. We were looking for synergy of players that, that players could play well together. So I went in, and I put the three Czech players together, and I said, here's how we want to play. You guys figure it out. We want to use you guys as a checking line and play against other teams' top players. And the three of them embraced that. I remember we went into Pittsburgh. I think it was our first or second game of the year. And that team, they ended up playing against Crosby all night, or those players, that line, and did a heck of a job. We ended up winning, I think, one or two nothing. And uh, and Crosby didn't didn't get a snip. And those, those are things that I look for is synergy in players. A lot of times it'll be two players, not three players. But you try to max, max out each uh, individual but yet you put them together so they can really read off each other and play off each other. Those are ways you can uh, you can end up the greater of the of the whole is more than just a, an individual player. Yeah, I think the Rangers had a similar checkmate line back in the day with Nedved and Dvorak and those guys. Uh, and I asked you this just in the quick conversation that we had after the press conference. Uh, most significant coaching influences for you, Dave, over the years? Well, I, the guy that got me my life straightened around and going the right way in junior was Terry Simpson. And it was funny, I, I played three years of junior for him, and then I ended my playing career in Philadelphia. He was the coach of the Flyers. So he was, uh, you know, he was a big influence on me. He was just trying to teach you the, you know, the commitment it takes to win. Uh, tactically, there's nobody, and I still think there's nobody in the world better than Dave King. Uh, I had him in two Olympics. I heard him. He was on my staff in Arizona. But uh, tactically, he's like a mad scientist. He he wants to try things in the game that is uh, really makes you think. And I really enjoyed my time with him. Uh, played for Scotty Bowman for a year in Pittsburgh. Really interesting the way he the way he ran the bench, the momentum swings, and how he would see those. So I've been real fortunate to be around a lot of good coaches and. Uh, um, you know, you, uh, all those coaches, you just take a little piece of uh, each of them and how they do things or how they maybe prepare their team or, um, you know, the tactical part of the game. So I've been I've been really lucky that way, Bob. And, Dave, just to wrap up, uh, you were in Dallas as an NHL head coach. I mean, hey, I'm the biggest, you know, NFL and college football uh, junkie there is in Canada. Uh, but it's, you know, the stars, with all due respect, and they got a great PR department, but... They're, you know, they're fighting for ink in the papers. You know what I mean. And then you go to Arizona, and the Coyotes. That was a tough sell at times for you guys a bit. Yeah. Are you up for a little bit different degree of intensity in terms? I'm looking, for, I'm looking forward to the challenge there, Bob. I yeah. think it's going to be great. Yeah, it's, it's be great back in a Canadian market and just, just the passion and enthusiasm and everybody. And and you know what? It, it's it's like that because they care. They care about what's going on. They care about winning. They care about the franchise. And that, uh, you know, if you're in the game, it's great to be around a situation like that. I'm looking forward to it. Dave, we appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us on Oilers Now. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll hear from a couple of assistants here sometime in the next week to 10 days. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll, I'd like to get around to going as quick as we can. And uh, Ken and I are going to talk again this afternoon. So hopefully we'll get moving pretty, uh, pretty quickly and talk to some people and see where it goes. Dave, thank you for your time. All right. Thanks, Bob. Take care. You bet. That is Dave Tippett, the new head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. It's 124 in Edmonton. We'll take a quick timeout. This is Oilers Now. 
Hi, this is Ryan Ian Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. That was uh, well-timed, I would say, after Dave's uh, effusive praise of Ryan Nugent Hopkins from his performance. Um, one thing I know about the fans of Oilers now, they love Ryan Nugent Hopkins. You know, obviously there's a lot of, I mean, Connor McDavid, in terms of physical tools, we maybe will not see a player like this in the next 15 to 20 years. As gifted as he is, a speed of attack. And then Leon Dreisettle realizing that potential. And, and to be frank with you, I mean, I thought, you know, maybe Dreisettle could be a 25 goal, 75, 80 point guy when I saw him play in junior. I never saw him as a 50 goal scorer. And I defy anybody else to. And if you did, and you text us on our Heartland 4 text line at 630, 630, and you're going to say, no, Bob, I knew this in that draft year, I can go back with your text to that draft year. Just keep that in mind. Okay, we have a five-year run on it, all the texts that come into the show. So, uh, there you have it. Anyhow, you can text us at 630-630 on our Heartland Ford text line. We just heard from Dave Tippett, the new head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. And, uh, uh, sitcom guy text the show Bob awesome interview with Dave Pip- Dave Tippett put some of that fire back into the gut everybody should just sit back and see what this guy is going to be able to do very positive outlook another text out of Red Deer uh, Dave with a little shout out to Prince Albert and Terry Simpson and yes when I was growing up and playing for the Strathcona Warriors and then the Southside Athletic Club the Prince Albert Raiders were basically seen as top one or two junior A programs in Canada and then they morphed into a major junior program and won the 1985 Memorial Cup. And Terry Simpson was one tough coach. His teams were tough. He was old school, and um, they were intimidating. They stole the other team's goals. The WHL changed the rule about warming up because they used to go down in the warm-ups and steal it. Think about that today. You know. Well, it's just crazy. But, you know, they had, they had some guys that could chuck them. That 85 team, of which Manny Viveros was part of with uh, Terry Simpson. He was their best defenseman on that team when they won the Memorial Cup that year. You know, they had Kevin Baumgartner and Dave Manson. Dave Manson currently working for the Oilers Farm team uh, with Jay Woodcroft, who is staying. Uh, I know that Jason Greger tweeted that out uh, last uh, Friday. It's good to hear. All right, off to a global news weather traffic update with Cassandra Jodouin. And when we come back out of Toronto, uh, he basically is the editor for the Athletic across the country. He's the man that put their team together, but he also is all over the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the Maple Leafs might be a team Oilers fans need to watch a bit. James Myrtle coming up. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.